This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. Hello everyone. Takaho. Selamat datang. Konnichiwa. Hola. 안녕하세요. Assalamu alaikum. And Kiora. Connecting Cultures Features is a show by and for the beautiful and diverse multicultural people of Dunedin. Join me every Friday noon for Connecting Cultures Features on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM, podcast on oar.org.nz.
It is now 12 p.m. and you are listening to Connecting Cultures Features on RFM. Okay, everyone. Thanks for listening to Connecting Cultures Features on Otago Access Radio, a show by, for, and about the multicultural people of Dunedin. So today we have an interview with Kiane Matatasipu, an award-winning journalist and award-winning international exhibiting photographer. She is also a social activist and cultural commentator who has a 14-year career contributing to leading media publications and books across Aotearoa and the Pacific. Kiane is a regular guest speaker at women's arts, businesses, and leadership events. Uh, she specializes in topics of identity, culture, land, and women. Um, and we are here today to talk about Nuku, her first book. So Nuku was longlisted for the prestigious Ockham New Zealand Book Awards. Um, and I'm really excited to be speaking with her today. Kia ora, Kiane. Thank you for being here today on Otago Access Radio. Thank you for having me. Um, would you please introduce yourself to our listeners out there? Sure. Uh, so I'm Kiane Matatasipu. Uh, I have Whakapapa Māori to Te Waiohua ki Te Ahiwaru me Te Akitai, Waikato Ngāpuhi e Ngātipikia. And I have Whakapapa Cook Islands from uh, Arurangi in Rarotonga and Onerua in Mangaia. And I live uh, in Ihumātau uh, up in Tāmaki Makoto. Thank you for that. Um, so firstly, congratulations for... Uh, being longlisted for the prestigious book awards. I think that's amazing. And um, I've actually seen Noku's website last year. So it was very, it was amazing to see that, oh, you guys have gone so far, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's really humbling to have been longlisted for the book awards. And it's really exciting because we self-published the book and it's been a real labor of love. And so to get it recognized at that level, um, to make it into the, the top 10 of illustrated nonfiction books in New Zealand is, is pretty amazing. Um, and it really does just make me really excited for all of the wahine that are featured in the book and to think how many more people will get to see and hear and read their stories um, because of the recognition. So that's pretty cool, but it's definitely been a long journey. Um, it's been it's been a number of years to get to this point, yeah. and a whole lot of hard work. But it's been such a rewarding and fulfilling journey in the process. Yeah, and these are real stories. I can't imagine being one of those who have their stories out there. Um, it must have been such a fulfilling experience for you to help that and put those voices out there. Yeah, it was incredibly fulfilling. I think um, I always acknowledge how how privileged we are, uh, me, my team, how privileged we've been in being able to meet these incredible women, to to be in their houses or in their workplaces, and to really be, um, I guess, trusted with them sharing some really deep parts of who they are. Uh, some of the interviews that we've had over the podcast series. Um, really express a, a whole lot of vulnerability in these women, um, but they're really authentic. 
they are uncut and, and uncensored. Um, and there's a whole lot of lessons to be learned. And I think we've been lucky to have been on the receiving end of all of those interviews because we've learned all of those lessons along the way and we've been able to you know be inspired and be motivated and, and share in the joys and the sorrows of each of these um women as we've gone through that's amazing um so what is your inspiration behind Nuku? well i guess for me it's the women the wahine that have been in my life um were a big driving force so my grandmother who passed away in 2016 she was um, a real creative woman she loved to talk and share stories and write stories um and she's been really inspirational my mum who is a really strong um wahine who just you know she knows what she wants and she goes to get it done and and I've learned some really great life lessons from my mum and then of course um my daughter was the biggest inspiration. So my husband and I uh, struggled through infertility and we were together 14 years and it was six years of like a whole lot of treatments before we could um, have our baby. And we naturally fell pregnant with her. And when I discovered that I was pregnant with a baby girl, um, I really started to question what it would, what it was like or what I needed to know to raise an indigenous woman in a Western patriarchal world and how I wanted to, her to be empowered I wanted her to learn and understand both sides of her whakapapa so her father's Tongan so she's got Tongan Maori Cook Island heritage and I wanted her to have role models um, from those places that she could look up to I wanted her to learn and understand the pūrāko or the stories and the mātauranga or the lessons and, and knowledge that came from those backgrounds and when I started thinking about that for her, I actually started thinking about that for the rest of us. Like, where can we find this information? And, and um, you know, what does it look like for us in a modern context? So all of, all of that combined was really the inspiration behind Nuku and um, showcasing 100 Indigenous wahine to really, I guess, to show the diversity of what it is to be an Indigenous woman to reframe what success looks like, um, to reconnect us. You know, we, we're the most connected that we've ever been in the world through social media, but we're so disconnected. So to reconnect us through story, to reconnect us with um, our pūrāko, with our taiao, with our environment, and just to learn about some of the incredible women that we have around us in our everyday lives that we really should pay attention to and, and acknowledge and learn from. Yeah. And what was the kind of themes that you realized uh, were the stories behind these women? So every, you know, I guess once I got to 100, it was really evident that there were certain things that everybody in one way or another touched on or that became a part of ongoing discussions throughout the podcast series. And one of them was this idea of enoughness. Are we enough? Are we Maori enough? Are we Pacifica enough? Are we, you know, if we don't speak our language, are we enough of an Indigenous person? If we didn't grow up connected to our uh, marae or our village or our, you know, wherever, um, does that make us this enough? Are we enough of a mother? You know, are we enough of a woman if we can or can't conceive children? You know, all of this um, idea of and questioning of are we enough 
and actually we are enough exactly as we are and how we are and there is no prerequisite to being an Indigenous woman aside from having whakapapa, aside from that being in your heritage and so it was really important um, it was actually a really important and really pivotal theme <laughs> um, that ran throughout the whole podcast that was that wasn't intentional people just as wahine we just started talking about those things in relation to ourselves in relation to the to the woman around us um, another another theme that kind of came out um, or came about um, God, I just had it in my head and it just popped out <laughs> <laughs> the enoughness and oh connection connection was really important and connection being the key to us living a healthy well thriving life connecting to each other really genuinely connecting to the people around you to your family or your chosen family um, but connecting to our tile connecting to our environment and the more we feel connected to our water our rivers our oceans our our you know our trees our bush you know all of that kind of stuff we then start to live differently because we have to make different decisions. Because when you're connected with those things, it then impacts what you buy. It then impacts how you operate your house. Um, it impacts the choices you make with the vehicle you drive, you know, all of that kind of stuff. And so this idea that connection um, is the key to us living well and thriving Um and we we seem to be, you know, there seems to be lots of people in society that are very disconnected. And so the importance of sharing that we need to connect and to do it in really simple ways, connecting with our atua wahine, you know, connecting with those, um, the gods of your people um, and some of your traditional teachings and customs that get lost in colonized spaces. So yeah, those were probably the two main things. I think it's amazing how um without Nuku, those themes they wouldn't you wouldn't know. You wouldn't know that there are uh, so many similarities between these women and it's only um found and only only then you realize that oh, it's actually a really common thing that people wahine are feeling these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think one of the beauties about interviewing 100 women was that we could all see so many differences amongst us, but we could also see that where things were familiar and where things were similar, and people who maybe you never thought you'd have anything in common with, you may have had a really similar upbringing, or you might have the same or same thoughts and feelings about things. Um it might be that you never thought you were interested in whales and then you suddenly listened, you know, to Ramari Stewart and you just became fascinated with this idea of tohunga tohora and, and the fact that she was almost eaten by a whale and all of those kind of stories. And mm. so it has really um, opened new people and, and topics up, I think, for our audience. Um, lots of people have said, you know, I, I think since they've bought the book, because the book is, you know, the podcast is a hundred of them and they're all, you know, at minimum an hour long. Um, and the book kind of gives you an insight into who they are. And if you want to know more, you can go and listen to the full podcast. And so I think with the book, what people have done is they've sort of looked at someone where they thought, oh, I didn't really want to listen to their podcast. Then they've read their story and then they've gone, 
oh no, now I want to go and hear more about who they are. So that's been really cool, like getting feedback about that and people um, finding value in the, I guess, the 100, the the breadth of um, wahine experience and lived experience that they've been able to see through this kaupapa. Hmm. And also it's amazing how it's a multi-platform thing. So some people read, some people listen, you know. Um, some people do both. So um, it's good that one way or another, they get to hear and listen to these stories. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, it was really important that we offered those things up. And I and I was really conscious, and I still am really conscious about the fact that a podcast doesn't serve all of our community. You know, for our, for parts of our community who don't hear, a podcast doesn't serve them. And so um, I'm hoping that, for the time being, the book will will be able to serve people who need um, to be able to read or have different types of accessibility. And then, of course, just for people who don't have an hour to listen to something or would rather just quickly read something. Um, But what I always say is they come hand in hand, and so you should do both. Mm. Um, If you can, definitely buy the book, um, but you should also listen to the podcast because there's nothing like hearing the voices of those women um, and the way that they tell their story. Mm. Mm. Um, I'm really interested to know how you found these women and how did you work with them along the way? So uh, some of the women I have known for a number of years and I always wanted to profile them because they're so worthy of of having the spotlight Um, and they have really interesting stories and just such amazing whakaro and so some of them I already knew. Some of them I have admired from afar, and this was like my in to get to know them. (laughs) So I'm totally using Naku to make new friends. Um, And then a lot of them were actually nominated, and they were nominated by our Naku community. They were nominated by some of the Naku 100 wahine. Um, And they were like, have you met this person? Do you know this person? This person does this thing. And that was that was awesome because it just introduced us to so many different people that we would never have come across, you know, with with our living in Auckland. I got to meet so many people around the country. And um, there, I still have lots more who have been nominated that, you know, didn't make the 100. And it's not because they weren't good enough. It was because I just didn't have enough space. So, mm. you know, there's, there needs to be um, more. And I'm hoping to be able to do more a little bit later this year. That's amazing. Um what were the kind of challenges you found with um, during your journey with Noku? I'm sure they are. Yeah, I mean, the biggest challenge was finance because this kaupapa is, it doesn't operate as a business. It operates as a social enterprise. And it's me and a group of my really good friends that make it. And so I had to run my business full-time while also doing Nuku full-time, well, not full-time, but sometimes full-time um, to be able to pay for things. We were able to get um, some funding which was really great the Tyndall Foundation were amazing um, we got a little bit from Creative New Zealand some from uh, Foundation North and some from our local board Mangere Otahu local board um, and that funding was incredible but it still wasn't anywhere near enough to what we needed uh, with everything that we were doing um, we ran a boosted campaign and, and our audience donated $50,000 um, to Nuku and that was like we cried for days um, because we were so overwhelmed with 
the aroha that people had. And so that was our biggest challenge because when you don't have the finances, it just makes it that much harder to try and make things work. But at the same time, we didn't, it's not that we didn't need it, but we were going to do it anyway. Um, so it was going to happen regardless. It just would have taken, you know, it did take longer than we planned, but it would have taken even longer. And um, there was a lot of sweat equity put into it, a lot of hard work. Um, sorry. <laughs> the other thing was, um, I guess for me personally, it was quite challenging because the last six, seven years of my life have been very intense. Um, I've got a, a baby. Um, and so my baby was, you know, really young when I started Nuku. She's now four. So her whole life, she's only ever known me to do Nuku. I had the Ihumato, um campaign that I was co-leading with my cousins over that time. And then we had an occupation. Um, as I said, I was running a full-time business and I had... Um, a whole lot of, you know, just like life happen over that time. And so juggling all of those things was incredibly difficult and really challenging, but not impossible. And I pushed myself to the ultimate limit, probably to the detriment of my health and well-being. <laughs> um, but it really does go to show what, like what you can, what you're capable of. Yeah. Um, those are the two, yeah, two biggest challenges. But at the same time, I always talk about Nuku. I talk about kind of Nuku and all the stuff that's happened over the last few years as like the most horrific, traumatic, stressful, like horrible time of my life. While equally in parallel, the most amazing, fulfilling, beautiful journey. And so it's like these, these two quite opposite feelings that run um, right next to each other all the way. Right. <laughs> yeah. So you've had a busy couple of years. How did you manage to take care of your well-being over those time? I think it's good to talk about mental health and well-being. Yep. Um, I don't. And that's the honest answer. I'm not good at taking care of myself. And I'm really bad at rest. Um, what I what actually happened was as soon as the book went to print in the middle of last year, I had massive burnout. And it was really intense. And I'd never felt a burnout like that before. Um, I had really bad anxiety. I couldn't sit in front of the computer. Um, I was, I just wasn't sleeping. I woke up every day completely exhausted. Um, I was probably a very horrible wife and mother to be around. And it just was this heavy cloud of, you know, my body going, if you don't stop now, there's going to be some serious repercussions. And so um, thankfully we were also in a lockdown at that time. And while lockdowns are incredibly hard for everybody, for me, it was the perfect opportunity to just stop and rest and spend quality time with my daughter. And so um, that was a big eye opener because I think that was a long time coming that, that big burnout and that big kind of uh, situation um, but what I do find, and I, I don't do it regularly, but what I do do is um, I love to be out in nature. I love to go and swim in the Moana and I love to go for a, you know, a hike somewhere easy. Um, but being in Aotearoa really helps with my mental health. Um, when I feel really heavy or when I feel really um, overwhelmed, I go into the ocean and I swim and I mentally like wash all of that stress off me. And that is um, incredibly helpful in terms of my well-being. Um, 
And every now and again, you know, I really like to go and have a massage, but I know that that's not really self-care. That's, <laughs> that's Self-care is saying no. Um, self-care is not going to have a massage, but those things are at least a timeout, which is good. What I have decided this year, though, um, is that I'm taking a year off, sort of. Not really. I'm just taking a year less um, to study te reo Māori total immersion and that's going to have a routine and I've never had a haven't had a routine in 10 years um, and it's going to force me to really plan ahead to um, be really strict with my time to say no to a whole lot of things because I just know that I won't be able to retain the learning and juggle and I think that maybe this was this is my way of looking after myself by taking this time for me um, and doing something to enrich me, which I haven't done in a while. It's going to be a big change this year. I'm really happy that you took that step for you. Yeah, I'm really nervous about it. I'm not. I'm not so much nervous about the learning. I'm really nervous about. Um, I just recently posted on Instagram <laughs> um, saying that I'm really good. Like I've, I've formed these habits to be really productive and I'm really good at juggling and being really productive. I'm not good at, you know, like taking my time and slowing down and, and only focusing on one thing at a time. And so I'm really nervous about the challenge that's going to come with doing the learning and the being at the same place at the same time all day, five days a week. Like I, I don't know if I can cope (laughs) not having, not having full control over fitting things into my life is going to be a huge change. (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So alongside Nuku, you also have a company, Kiane & Co. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us about that? So Kiani & Co. is a multimedia production company. Um, I started it oh, maybe 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. can't actually remember. Um, but I started off my career as a journalist, um, as a magazine editor, moved into photography, like, you know, all of that sort of multimedia stuff. And I just decided that I, I'm not a really good employee. I'm not good working for other people and other people telling me what to do. <laughs> um, so I started my own business. And um, I've worked with uh, some incredible organizations, um, some corporate groups, some government agencies, um, but everything that I work on has to have a positive social or environmental impact. And so we'll do, we'll create videos. It's essentially, it's storytelling. It's like nuku, but for other people. <laughs> so it's um, creating video content, podcast content, um, communication strategy and delivery, um, and it's it's a really exciting like the last years have been really exciting because I've been able to scale that business and have a, a team of freelancers who I can call on to join me so I'm not just doing it all by myself and that's been really cool growing the team um, for Kiani and Co and then uh, I was able to um, take on uh, some comms work for my iwi um, which has been really exciting because my iwi trust is is in a really new phase and so being able to work with them from scratch and build that up and work with my people and help out my whanau has, um, yeah, that's really cool. So that's the, the co-pivot behind Kiani & Co is, is comms, but from a foundation of Indigenous knowledge um, and with a really clear, really clear vision 
that we only want to work with people who are doing incredible, impactful, positive things um, that are going to, you know, create better situations for our people and our planet, essentially. That's really beautiful. And um, from the stories you shared, I could tell how busy you've been the couple of years. <laughs> so I'm really happy that you're taking some time off for yourself this year. Thank you. Mm. Um, so before we end the interview, do you have any advice or words of wisdom that you'd like to share to our listeners today? Um, I guess my biggest bit of advice is to just start. Whatever it is, whatever your dream is, whatever your vision is, just start. Because so many people they wait until it's the right time or they wait till they've got this thing in place. And actually it's never the right time. <laughs> so, mm. so you just start and you get a feel for what it is and eventually you'll grow into it. Um, you'll grow into the thing that you're doing and the thing that you're doing will grow with you. And that's, um, that's something that someone said to me years ago when I said, I, I've got this idea for this copapa and it's called Nuku. And they said, what are you waiting for? I was like, oh, I don't have any funding or I don't have this or I'm, I'm by myself. They're like, just start, just just start it. I said, mm. Okay. And now look where we are, you know, yeah. we just started it and now we're, we're on the long list of the Ockham Book Awards. So, mm. <laughs> you know, there's, there's that side of things. Um, and the other bit of advice I have is to disrupt. And this is what I share with everyone I meet. You are here for a very short amount of time. And I mean, here in this world. And we need to be disrupting it. We need to be disrupting the systems. We need to be disrupting the way that we think. We need to be disrupting our habits um, and disrupting them for good. Because if we're just kind of sitting around living life, then what's, you know, like, what's the point? <laughs> You've got to use your life to do something really awesome. And that really awesome thing doesn't have to be big. You could just disrupt the behaviors in your household. You could just disrupt the way that your family thinks about rubbish and that's enough to make an impact. Um, and so I encourage everyone to think about how they're disrupting and how they can better positively disrupt. Hmm. And these are really good advice for the New Year's <laughs> and people <laughs> who have started doing um, New Year's resolutions. I think um, it's good that you've mentioned all those advice for them. Thank you. And don't don't ever forget that you are enough. And that's mm -hmm. not advice. That's just from me saying, don't ever forget that. Because some people question their enoughness. And we always talk about your atua given and your tupuna driven. And you don't have to be Māori to understand the feeling of that, that you're being given by the gods or by God or whoever it is that you believe brought you here. You were given by them and you're tupuna driven. Your ancestors help you along your pathway. Um, and it doesn't matter where you fuck up up or two. That's that. <laughs> mm, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much, Kiane, for this conversation. I can feel really warm in my heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And, and thank you for your patience and um, <laughs> having me on because we were supposed to have done this yesterday. So I'm, mm. I'm really thankful that you uh, made time for me today. <laughs> and it's that how busy we are, you are with the tour and everything. So I, I wish you luck for the rest of the week. Thanks. Thank you so much. And um, uh, have a wonderful rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Kia ora. Makite. <laughs>
care, everyone. Um, I hope you enjoyed that song break. Um, and also the interview with Kiane, the founder and author for Nuku. Now, I was hoping that we could do some vaccination updates and also some very important border updates as well, which was a big thing that uh, Jacinda shared with us yesterday. So I'll be sharing it with you guys today. Uh, firstly, for the vaccination updates... New Zealand is currently at red. Here's what you can do to slow the spread of Omicron. So firstly, wear a face covering whenever you leave the house. From today, Friday 4th of February, a face covering will need to be an actual mask and attached to the head by loops around the ears or head. This means scarves, bandanas, or t-shirts should not be used. And for those workers who are mandated to be vaccinated, they will need to wear a medical grade mask when they are working with, um, when they're working in public facing roles. We will be needing to wear a mask at food and drink businesses, um, any close proximity businesses, and events and gatherings. We can take off our masks to eat, drink, or exercise. So that's the first bit about face covering. Secondly, make sure that you have your My Vaccine Pass ready to be scanned because most places will have restrictions in place. And lastly, the final way to help uh, slow the spread of Omicron is to be vaccinated. So from Friday 4th of February, New Zealanders age 18 or older can get their COVID-19 Pfizer booster three months after receiving their second dose. So before this, it was four months. Now they've shortened the waiting time. So if you've had your last vaccine three months ago, you can go get your booster today. Highly recommended. I had mine two weeks ago. So you can either book an appointment using Book My Vaccine or you can also visit a walk-in clinic for your booster vaccine today. Um, so if you're age 12 or older, walk-in appointments are available at Meridian Mall. So downstairs, Meridian Mall, near the food courts. Walk-ins are also available at some GPs. Um, you can also find more information at southernhealth.nz slash COVID-19 slash clinics. It has a list of all the GPs that have um, booster um, walk-in appointments that you can get. For children of age 5 to 11 years old, our Tamariki, bookings are required unless specifically noted. So you can book online for the children at Book My Vaccine or you can also call the helpline which is 0800 282926. It is 0800 282926. 
And this helpline is available from 8am to 8pm every day, 7 days a week. So, most importantly for this show, I think for our listeners out there who have English as their second language, um, translation services are also available in in over 40 languages. So there's also the option to use New Zealand relay services. So yes, it's very important to get your booster um, if you haven't already. Um, let's go on a song break. And right after the song break, I'll be updating you about the border updates that we received yesterday. We'll be right back after this song. Baby,
and you're back on Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM. I'm Arina, and you're listening to Connecting Cultures Features. Um, so, today we had an interview with Kiane, the founder of Nuku. It was a really good interview. I highly recommend that you listen to the podcast that will be released um, today from the show. If you haven't heard it yet. And after the song break, I also read the latest vaccination update for New Zealand, which is that we can now get vaccine boosters three months after our second one. So they've shortened the waiting time from four months to three months. So if you haven't gotten your booster ready, I really recommend that you do so that we can keep each other safe. Um, so for this part of the show, I was hoping that we can talk about the New Zealand borders because today, because yesterday, <laughs> Jacinda announced that the New Zealand border will be reopening in stages and there are five stages. So let me try to break this down for you i love how it's called the reconnecting plan because yep we have been so isolated from the world <laughs> without traveling um so this is the government's way to reconnect new zealanders and key visa holders so that they can start entering the country over the next couple of months um so here's the key points of the update. So basically, our border will reopen to vaccinated New Zealanders from Australia at 11.59pm on 27th February. So let's just say 28th February. So the last day of February. Oh, is it a 28-day February? Yeah? It is! <laughs> yep. So on the last day of February... Um, the border will be open for vaccinated New Zealanders from Australia. And we will reopen to New Zealanders in the rest of the world on 13th of March, 2022. So on 13th of March, New Zealanders from all around the world can come back to New Zealand. That is beautiful. Um MIQ is removed for most travelers in phase reconnection, replaced by self-isolation and tests on arrival. So this is a big thing that there will no longer be those MIQ stays. Uh, instead, people will be self-isolating. MIQ to remain for the unvaccinated. So for those who are not vaccinated, they will be staying at the MIQ, but for those who are vaccinated, they will be placed for self-isolation. Hmm. Simple as that. Um, so this five-step plan is to prioritize returning New Zealanders and bring forward the reappointing of key visa categories. Um, so I think... This is all important because it's all step by step. Um, let's talk about 
for non-New Zealanders because I feel like that is an important part of this story as well. So, from April, from 13th of April, the border will be open to current offshore temporary visa holders who still meet the relevant visa requirements. So, if you have a valid visa and you are offshore, you can enter New Zealand from 13th of April. Yep, that's what it means. Um, And also for international students, for semester two, there is a limit of 5,000 of them that can enter. And from July 2022, anyone from Australia can enter New Zealand. And also for the visa waiver free travel. So visa free travels um, will also be open for traveling. And for the accredited employer work visa will be opening, meaning the skilled and health worker border exception can also be phased out. So that is all from July and from October, the border will fully reopen to visitors from anywhere in the world and all visa category fully reopen. So October, right? That is in eight months. That is not that long. <laughs> um, the year will be moving really fast. So it's really great that now we have a date and a month that seems like a time where we can have visitors again. Um, So, yes, if you'd like more information about the new border update, you can find this at the covid19.gov.newzealand website and it's also everywhere on social media if you can find the information. Um, But yes, such a big update that New Zealand will be open for people um, and that people are now allowed to do self-isolation. That's a really big thing because I know that MIQ is such a big problem to some people who want to return, um, especially those who have New Zealand as their home. I mean, that's a really big thing that um, will be good for people who want to come back home yeah um so i think that is all for today um i'll be playing some songs after this um hopefully i'll see you guys again next week i hope you're having a good day so far um have a good weekend rest well and don't forget to Get your booster shot if you haven't ready. I'll keep saying this throughout the whole show. Um, here everyone, I'll see you again next time. <laughs>
Thanks for listening to Connecting Cultures Features on RFM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.